0: Would you take your Bibles and turn to Micah, our text verse, kind of our claim verse for the revival, it's almost back in the, in the back of your Bible, it's one of those little minor prophets, not because it's, it's less important, but primarily because uh, it's a smaller book, that's why they call it the minor prophets, but Pastor Cameron, by the way, I don't get to talk about him much when he's not here, and I know he's probably watching the live feed. But I was noticing not only the beauty and the quality of the Word of God given during the revival. uh, Those two young men of God really brought it and uh, spoke to us. And boy, what about that family singing too? And that little boy throwing his head back, Oliver. That was blessing me. Terry and I watch all the live feeds when we're not able to be here. And man, it was just, it was great. But my heart, to be honest with you, has been full. When we get to slip in on a Wednesday night, So we thank God for uh, bringing Pastor Cameron and Lynn to our church? coming up on four years I believe and boy what a gift from the Lord he has given I was talking to my friend Nick and he said I said you know what brought you here he said and I believe that's why many of you are here some of you I don't even know he said the quality of the teaching of the word of God man we've been going deep here in the last while and I'm so grateful that God's given us a pastor that walks with God and I sure love them Micah chapter 7, look at verse 7. This was the theme verse for our revival. And I just want to ask you three questions before getting in the text God's given me for this morning. Therefore, Micah 7, 7, I will look unto the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. Well, number one, I want to ask you, did you look? Did you look to the Lord this week? Were you looking into His face? Were you listening to what He had to say? He said, right here, I... We'll look unto the Lord. We claim that. If you didn't, this is the morning. God has something to say. I'm going to take up the fragments this morning. Anybody missed an opportunity, this morning will be the morning God does that in your life. Look at the second one. I will wait for the God of my salvation. Did you get quiet and listen to him and wait before him and hear what he had to say to you? I will look unto the Lord. Did you look? I will wait. Did you wait before him? And then finally, my God will hear me. Did God hear you last week? If you talk to him and you ask him, he did. I can promise you that. Turn back with me just a few pages to the little book of Hosea. And uh, as you're turning, i want to tell you that when Pastor Cameron asked me about preaching this Sunday morning right after our revival, I started praying. And I had another text in mind the Lord wouldn't let me come to. But he made it very clear, this is the word for this morning. And I want you to, to hear what the Spirit says to the churches this morning. And I want to encourage you, look, your pride will not want you to get up and walk over and take one of those little cards, bring a, bring a pen from your, the seat in front of you, and, uh, or have one yourself, pick up one of those cards and either sit down on those chairs or go into that room. I promise you, the enemy don't want you to do that. But there's something about um, responding... And doing it publicly and doing it in a unique way that God will bless. Now let me, let me tell you something else too. I was listening to those live feeds and I believe there was a primary theme that ran through those messages. Those were building to and then we kept hearing what we've been hearing our pastor preach. And listen to it. It's, the, it's the, one of the hardest things that you ever get the saints to do. You ready for it? Full surrender. Do you remember that? That bell was rung almost every service. And toward the end, I remember in one service in particular, I was watching, me and Terry were, and I just knew the floodgates were going to respond because this is the the big issue of this generation. Whether or not we're willing to surrender our will to God's will. Whether we're willing, listen to this, to submit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. You know what that means? That means full surrender. The lordship of Jesus means he's Lord. And if he's Lord, he can ask anything of you. And your obligation is to respond, yes, Lord. Yes. And so this morning, I don't know what God's going to say to you, but I pray that this morning you'll make up your mind as we get into the word of God that I'm going to do what the spirit of God leads me to do. Let's bow our heads together in prayer. Father, this is your church. It never was mine. It's not Pastor Cameron's. Don't belong to the deacon's or the staff, Lord, it it belongs to you. you raised it up. You've been the one, Lord, that's shown up time and again. It's your glory that we've been seeking. And those moments, Lord, when we get in the glory, it's been such a wonderful thing to be in your presence. And Father, we believe we're there now. And we believe, God, that you've spoken to hearts. Listening to the saints sing this morning, I could see, Lord, that you've done a great work in our revival. Lord for some reason there's more work to be done Or you wouldn't let me in this text And in the name of Jesus I pray you'd help your servant Lord I know I don't have what it takes But you do And I can't do it Lord But you can And I ask you this morning by the power of your spirit To speak to every heart And may people, unlikely ones Get up from where they are Like others did in the early hour in the chapel Step over to that repentance room And walk through that repentance, that renewal door and fully surrender some things to you today that we've been holding on to in Jesus' name. Amen. You might remember that the last three or four times I've stood up to preach over the last few months, I've been in this little book of Hosea. I'm hip deep in it right now. It's helping me and I'm getting blessed. I'm going to drop this down a little bit because that's making me nervous. I know it's probably doing that to you. If you remember the scene, God is speaking to his people in Hosea. They've gone after other gods, they've betrayed him. It's like he says, it's like I'm their husband and Israel's my wife, and Israel, my people, are being unfaithful to me. And he was trying, the prophets were trying to preach this, but the people weren't hearing any of it. And so God said, I'm going to give them an illustration. A living illustration. And the Lord spoke to a man by the name of Hosea. And he said, Hosea, I want you to portray before the nation of Israel, before the people, how I feel right now. I want you to join me in the grief that I have when my people rebel against me. When my people choose other gods above me. Other things they love more than me. And before you think that's terrible for Israel, I want to tell every one of us this morning, often there are things we don't mean for them to happen. But things become too important to us. Good things become God things, and that's an idol. And we began to focus without realizing it. It's happened to me. There were two things this week God spoke to my heart about that had become way too important to me. And in this moment when God wants to get the attention of Israel, He speaks to Hosea and He says, Hosea, I want you to go down to the house of Debalaim, and I want you to take his daughter to wife. Her name is Gomer. And I want you to marry her, and I'm going to tell you before you marry her, she's going to, at one point or another, she's going to become unfaithful, immoral. She's going to become a harlot. And you're going to be humiliated the way I am. And your name's going to be drugged through the mud the way mine, God, Jehovah's name, has been drugged through the mud. And so, I want you to do this for me. And we don't hear any griping on Hosea's part, though I know he must have been shocked. I can only imagine that scene when God first says to him, Hey, I want you to marry. Oh, good, Lord. I'm glad to hear that. But I want you to marry somebody that's going to be unfaithful to you. Probably was a lot harder to hear at that point. But Hosea obeyed God and he honored him. And he went down there and he married her. Now, when you study the whole book of Hosea, and we've read through a lot of it in the last little while, I'm of the opinion, we don't know all the scene. We don't know why she became a harlot. We don't know why his love for her though though deep and uh, the the deep care he had for her we don't know why that wasn't enough we just know it was in her heart god knew it some people have, have have stated that they believe that very possibly she was living an immoral lifestyle when he married her i don't personally believe that because of the scriptures in fact if you read closely you'll find that the first child they bear i think they were living a wonderful early marriage loving each other, faithful to each other, when they conceive a child. Do you remember the Bible says his name, chapter 1 or so, you don't have to look back, I'll tell you that story, and then we're going to chapter 14. His name is Jezreel, the first son. God names these youngins, by the way. God says, because he's got something to say to Israel and everyone, I want you to name him Jezreel, which means scattered. And then something terrible happens. Somewhere between the birth of Jezreel and beyond... Gomer's heart turns to other lovers for things they can supply for her, the Bible says. Her heart is corrupted, and she's just like Israel as they wander away from God. And can I say this without making you mad this morning? She was just like you. She's just like me. Sometimes we forget how good God is, and how good He's been to us, and how much we ought to love Him, and we go after other gods. We may not bow down to other idols or images, but there are other things that become very important. You remember Kyle Alderman in his book, God's at War, said about idols, the three primary idols, the greatest idols in this culture, are the the God of money, power, and sex. All three important, all three good things. But when good things, listen to this, out of order, good things become God things, they become an idol. Someone else has said in this culture, the biggest God is the God of me, what I want. I think that's true. But in this moment, she goes after uh, others. She pursues other lovers, and she's expecting. Hosea may or may not have known all of her lifestyle at this point, but when she comes back, he finds out quickly this is not his child. And here's how he finds it out. God said, I want you to name this baby, a little girl, Loruhama. And that name means no mercy. No mercy. I'm not going to show mercy, God says. If Israel continues to sin, I'm not going to show mercy to them. In other words, Hosea, this is not your child. And God gives him such grace. He brings that child into his home. And maybe she confesses and maybe she turns from it and she says that won't happen again. I don't know. Kind of like Israel did. You know, they are on a roller coaster. They get right with God. And then God relents. They repent again. And then God relents and He, and he, he re- recovers them. Every time He forgives them. I heard David Jeremiah say this week that often the Christian life are me messing up and then me getting right. And then messing up and getting right. And messing up and getting right. I'm not saying it's a good thing. I'm just stating a fact that you and I are not going to be sinless while we live in this sinful world. We can sin a lot less We can become more sanctified if we fully surrender to God. But I heard him say that this week. I want us to understand in this moment, his heart is broken when he finds out this is not even his child. And then after lo is weaned, guess what happens next? She conceives again. And he finds out, this is not my son. So he names him Lo-Ami. Not my son. So This lifestyle of betrayal and abandonment and affection being given to other gods, other people, is breaking the heart of Hosea. And when Israel goes after other gods, breaking the heart of God. And when you and I choose someone or something else above our love and affection for God, it breaks his heart as well. Chapter 14 is the last part of the story. You say, how does the story end? Well, you get to decide how your story ends this morning. How did the story end with Hosea and Gomer? You know the Bible doesn't say. But because of the way Israel, the scene, the Bible records in prophecy that there'll be a day when, when uh, there'll be a restoration in Israel. I want to believe a happy ending here for Hosea and Gomer. And you know that. That's my nature. I, I'm looking for that uh, formerly Hallmark ending. But there's something in chapter 14 that I think God is saying to us this morning. And I'm going to give you three little simple thoughts as we walk through this text. Look at verse 1. O Israel, return unto the Lord, Hosea says, thy God, for thou hast fallen by thine iniquity or sin take with you words, turn to the Lord, say unto Him, take away all iniquity. Number one, if you're writing down notes, how, pastor, how do I fully surrender? How do I come back? How do I not pursue other gods? Number one, admit to sin. Don't believe for a moment that other people have problems and boy, I know she, I hope she's hearing this or I hope my husband's hearing this or my wife. No, you and I must realize We are sinners. Hosea is saying to Israel and and to us through the the Scriptures indirectly as God applies this to us, O Israel, return unto the Lord thy God, for thou hast fallen by thine iniquity. And then he said, take with you words. You know, it's interesting to me why he would say that. How do we come back to God? You know what we tend to do? We, We think it's good enough just to have silent feelings. Well, I shouldn't do that or... God knows how I feel about Him. Keep your finger here and turn back to the book of Romans with me real quick. Romans chapter 10. Just for a minute. And let's look at at one place where it's important to come to God with words. By the way, the reason I put those cards out is because I'm asking you to write words on them. Words like, I have been wrong. Please forgive me. I love you more than I do this. That's what I wrote on my card this morning. I want you to notice with me in chapter 10, look at verse 8. But what saith it? Thy word is nigh unto thee, even in thy mouth and in thine heart. That is the word of faith which we preach, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart, God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made to salvation. Now listen to me. Hosea is saying and I'm going to exhort you this morning admit to sin you want to get respect from God and be honest. You want want your family, they know you when God speaks to you get up and go over there and take one of those cards and go in there and sit and turn from that and grieve it for a moment and write it down. I've allowed this to become too important to me God, I've let this become an idol in my life. I have not surrendered to you because this stands in the way. And whatever that is, write it down. Don't put your name on it. Nobody's going to read these. But it's it's an acknowledgement before God in a unique way so that we don't forget it. Take with you words and turn to the Lord, saying to Him, Take away all iniquity. I won't give a laundry list of all the sins. The Holy Spirit does a good job at that. It's not just the wicked, vile sins of our culture that we see, but the hidden sins of our heart that only you and you know about. Your spouse might not know it. Your children might not know it. Your mom and daddy might not know it. But admit to sin. Number two, look at this. He said don't only admit to sin, but appeal to grace. Look in that same verse. Take away all iniquity. And receive us graciously. See Grace there? Appeal to grace. You know how how Hosea would have responded? In fact, he did respond. Every time Gomer came back, he forgave her. He brought her back into his family. And God would say again, Go yet, love a woman. Go back after her, Hosea. Go get her. You know where she's at. She's down there with those men. And inevitably he finds her on the slave block where people are bidding for her, like a piece of meat. And he said, Hosea loved her. And you know why Hosea could love Gomer like that? Because God loved Israel like that. And listen this morning very carefully. God loves you like that. And God loves me like that. And heres he's already set us up and told us how he's going to respond. When we admit to sin, he says, I'm going to accept you in grace. I'm going to receive you back. I'm going to forgive you for your hard head and your hard heart. I'm going to forgive you for your bitterness and your anger and your wrath. I'm going to forgive you for your idolatry and your unbelief. I'm going to do, if you'll just step out and admit to sin and move whatever it is that's keeping you from completely surrendering to my lordship, I'll receive you graciously. As a matter of fact, he he gives us a little bit of commentary here real quick. He says in verse 3, these are the things we look to to save us instead of God. He said, Asher shall not save us. You know who Asher was? I, I, people won't save you. But well, we think, well, we look for our people. We, we make an idol of people. My wife, she's my world. You ever heard anybody say that? My grandkids are my world. Look here, Jesus better be your world. You ain't going to be a good grandpa or grandma until you put Jesus back on the throne. Then you'll be a whole lot better grandma and grandpa than you ever have been. Or a better husband or a, or a better wife. I know some husbands and wives, if they'd get right with God, they'd do a whole lot better in the area of husband and, and wife and and you don't have to say amen to that. It don't make any difference because I don't have to have amens. I ain't the pastor here no more. <laughs> Here's what I want you to know though. Look, Asher will not save us. You know who else Asher was? He was a politician. For those of you that are sweating it out and worried to death who's going to get elected in whatever position and what they're going to do with Trump. Are they going to charge him with that hush money? Are we going to well, you're watching Fox News until you're about to lose your mind? Can I tell you something? Fox News is as wrong on one side as CNN is on the other. They spin it on the right and they spin it on the left. And if you want to really know what's going on, get in your Bible. He said politics won't save us. People won't save us. Look at the next phrase. He said we will not ride upon horses. You know what he's saying there? Power won't save us either. People think, man, horses, they they got power. Look at all they can pull. No, power won't save us. People won't save us. Politics won't save us. Look at the next phrase. Neither will we say any more to the work of our hands. Did you know progress won't save us? I've been waiting to say this. Progress won't save us. In our little town, we've enjoyed the sweetest. It's been the most wonderful place to raise a family. I love the town of Dunn and surrounding areas. I've been waiting until it came up in Scripture sometime when I can stand here and say this. But everybody's wanting to have progress. We want to build big more, more, more. We want to have more beer joints, and we want to have more liquor institutions, and we want to have all that. But I got news for you. Listen to me. That ain't progress to start with. And I'm glad the only place they are is stuck down in the corner of our little town, not in the pretty part. And I hope every one of them goes belly up. I'm going to go ahead and just say it. I want you to understand where we're coming from. I, I want to tell you the answer to being what God wants us to be is not progress, and it's not power, and it's not people, and it's not politics. Listen to me. It's getting right with God and putting Him back on the throne and surrendering everything we need to surrender before God Almighty. There ought not be anything above Him. We ought to be willing to do anything for Him, to step up to Him and honor Him and repent on these cards. Did you see it? He said, we're not going to say any more to the work of our hands. He's talking about His idols. You are our gods. We're tired of them idols. Look at this. Now things are starting to turn. We're getting to the happy ending. You ready for this? He said, for in thee, God, do the fatherless find mercy. Look here, when you get away from God, He's still your father, but He's so far from you. He said, Lord, you've never forsaken us, and it's in you that we're going to find mercy. This morning, I don't care what you've done or where you've been. Did you hear what that... Country preacher said from Tennessee. Well, I fell in love with him. I already loved that one in in uh, Ohio. But I fell in love with that mountain preacher too. He said, "No matter what you've done or where you've been, it's God. God will always forgive. And look here, the people of God will come around you and help you. Listen to me. I'm talking about what he said he's going to do. Look at here's here's two, three things God said I'll do if you'll come and do business with me this morning. Some of you fighting a battle right now, ain't you? Boy, the devil's trying, don't you dare go. You will surely wouldn't be the first one to step up. Don't you go in front of all those people. They'll know you're a sinner. Hey, news alert. We already know you're a sinner. You're hearing a sinner preach. Look at what he said I'll do. Number one, I will heal their backsliding. You know what, you know what Mr. Spurgeon said about this, that little phrase? He said, God, I'm going to read it right, make sure I get it right. He said, God looks at backsliding more like a disease than a crime more like a disease to be healed than a crime to be punished. I will heal their back. You know what God knew about you and about me? Because the fall of man that happened in the Bible when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden and blew it. Because of that, sin has been in every culture and every generation and will be until Jesus calls us home and gives us a glorified body and takes us to heaven where there is no sin. He knew, you're frame that you're but dust and he loves you anyway. I will heal their backsliding. Some of us, he needs to heal it this morning. Number two, he said, look at what he said, I will love them freely. You want, hey, you want a love letter every now and then? Terry used to write me love letters. I told him in the early service, every now and then, you know, God wants Israel to love and adore him. Hosea would have loved for Gomer to look at him. Every now and then we'll be watching a love story on TV and, and man, this woman will just look with such affection and longing to her, her man. And I say, Terry, years ago you used to look at me like that. And she'd say, dead silence. She's thinking, you don't look like that man on that TV show either. Probably, I don't know. If you're thinking that, you need to get you a card, Terry. Get right with God yourself this morning. Here, listen to me. Here's what I want you to know. He said, I will love them freely. That's a love letter from the Lord for you this morning. Who are you going to love, Lord? I'm going to love all of them, but I'm going to really love those that will fully surrender to me. Those that will put me back on the throne of their life. Now watch the last one. He said, my anger's turned away from him. I will be as the dew unto Israel. In other words, I'll be refreshing. I will refresh or renew or revive my people. That's what he wants for you. If you'll just come. That's what he wants if you'll fully surrender. If you'll yield your will for God's will. Now let me give you my last thought and I'm done. You ready for this? Number one, admit sin. Number two, appeal to grace. Every time Gomer ever came home, Hosea welcomed her back in. And number three, accept the reviving. Accept the renewal. Accept accept it. It's a gift from God. He has that for you. I got got interested in this text. and This is something I added just in the last little while. Like the last two or three days I saw it. You you want to know what He'll restore if if we'll get right? You know what He'll restore if we fully surrender? Look at verse 5. He said... Verse 5, he shall grow. Did you know growth is restored when we repent and we're renewed? Growth is restored. Look here, he shall grow as the lily. Did you know beauty is restored? Lilies are beautiful. We're going to see some of them, Easter lilies, in just a few days. Look at this. And cast forth his roots as Lebanon. He'll go deep in the roots. Strength is restored. Growth is restored and beauty is restored and strength is restored. Look at verse 6. Value and influence is restored. His branches shall spread and his beauty shall be as the olive tree and his smell as Lebanon. Look at, he said, their branches will spread and the beauty, as the, just like an olive tree. They were, that was valuable in those days. The oil, his value will be, will be uh, restored. And then he said that, I love that phrase about his smell or his, his uh, let me see that again. His, yes, his smell or his fragrance. Uh, shall be as Lebanon the delight shall be restored and then finally are you listening to me abundance abundance will be restored look at verse 7 they that dwell under his shadow shall return and they shall revive as the corn and grow as the vine the scent thereof shall be as the wine of Lebanon he said it will be abundance you know I don't know why Sometimes it's so hard for us to see that the life God wants for us fully surrender to Him. That beautiful life is available if we'll fully and completely surrender. Now there's one thing I didn't hear those preachers say in the revival. And I want to remind you of it and the Lord just brought it back to my mind. Did you know full surrender is not a one-time thing? Surrendering to the Lordship of Jesus is not a one-time thing. You remember what Paul said? He said, I die daily. It's an everyday thing at my house. I'm dead to my sin, Lord. My old man, my old life is buried. I have to stuff Tom Wagner back down. This is full surrender. I have to push him back down in the grave because he'll make a mess of everything. That the life of Jesus Christ may be made manifest in my life. That's the resurrection life. We're about to celebrate the resurrection. The only answer for you and me is full surrender. And we do that by coming to Jesus and putting ourselves down and putting Him up and allowing Him to live His life through us. I am crucified with Christ. That's the Christian life. That's the full surrender life. That's the Lordship life. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me and the life that I now live in the flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And here's my favorite part. I've been waiting to get to this part, the whole message. Now it gets really sweet. Look at verse 8. Accept the revival. Accept the reviving. Accept the renewal. Look at verse 8. Ephraim shall say, Israel shall say, what have I to do anymore with idols? I don't need them idols anymore. I don't need what it was that was in my way. I don't need that thing that was keeping me from being fully surrendered. I don't need it. Oh, here's my favorite. Remember, my message was was coming home to Him. That's my title. Coming home to Him. Look at this. I have heard Him. Can we say that together? I have heard Him. And I've observed Him. Why would I need those idols anymore? I have Him. Do you know what revival is? It's falling in love with Jesus all over again. You know what surrender is? It's Him becoming more important than anything else in your life. That's what those preachers were preaching. And that's why it got so hard in the invitation to respond. But This morning, I'm going to ask you again. Message number seven of the revival. Look at verse nine. I'll tell you who you are. Who is wise, and he shall understand these things. God bless you. Prudent and he shall know them. Who's the wise? I'll tell you who the wise are, those that fully surrender to God. For the ways of the Lord are right and the just shall walk in them. Is that the crowd you and me want to be in? Is that what you did this week in revival? Is that what you're going to do this morning? Or finally but the transgressors stay right in their old place of lack of surrender, place of sin, the transgressor shall fall therein. Father, in the name of Jesus, I've come to do what you've asked me to do, Lord. These are your people. And in a minute as the music is played, I pray there'd be some that you're speaking to this morning to get up where they are and go write on that little card that thing that they have allowed to become too important to them. That person. Lord, I remember reading about that man that's going to preach at our youth camp. He had that whole tweet about breakups for the glory of God. Lord, if sometimes it takes removing yourself from a friendship or a relationship if that person has become more important than God. and Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that you would speak right now. That we would be obedient. Lord, I'm not responsible for what anybody does. I... I just want what you want so I'm going to give this simple invitation simple one and just step away I pray you'd speak to hearts Lord don't let anybody leave here burdened with sins or weights or areas that have just stood in the way but may they respond in the altar in the repentance room in the hallway may we be honest with you and we'll thank you in Jesus